2: Recorded live.
3: <clears throat> Welcome to the Tuesday Night's tri- Triumph Over Targeting Podcast. I'm your moderator, Ella. Um, tonight I have another very special guest. I think you guys will enjoy her very much. She's kind of new to the community, so this is a great opportunity to showcase her. If you are new to the call, please stay on and we will get you some additional support, some additional talk show podcast numbers, and some helpful links and websites. This is solutions and educational-based podcast, but... The views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. And again, the views and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own personal views and opinions. Sometimes I get people complaining or saying that I'm, you know, being disinformation when in actuality I'm just letting, you know, people that are credible and people that, have a good story and that I trust. i let them come on here and no one's story is the same and it's not for me to judge which stories are real and which ones aren't. Um, in their minds, it's real and so sometimes our perceptions could be off but it's, I'm going to let people speak their mind and speak their truth and that's that. My goal is that everyone can obtain something out of tonight, especially a feeling of empowerment. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions or especially if you are need additional support, please don't hesitate to email me at tiangel2016 at gmail.com or Ella Free, 2016 at gmail.com. So, again, I really, really appreciate this woman. I've had some long conversations with her. I think you're just a dear woman, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She is a targeted individual, an animal rights advocate. Her name is Lorraine. She offers her testimony about targeting, including home break-ins, vandalism, burglaries, pet theft, maiming, and killings. She will discuss statements of fact and multiple police incident filings associated with these crimes, including evidence provided to a former attorney. She shares EMF and radio frequency readings taken inside the home and offers an opinion about animal nonprofits who may engage in harassment, street theater, and gang stalking. Lorraine graduated with a B.A. in Abnormal Deviant violent Psychology with a concentration in Addictive Behavior with honors. She continued on to attain an MS in psychology with honors while completing certified alcohol and drug drug counselor, her KDAC hours. She is a certified advanced clinical hypnotherapist and earned two human resources generalist certificates. She is also an ordained minister, Reiki master, teacher, and involved in alternative health and intuitive arts. You can visit her Facebook page, Uh, and and understand her experience with gang stalking patterns at www.facebook.com forward slash gang stalking vandalism patterns forward slash so lorraine thank you so much and thank you for your flexibility
0: oh you're welcome first i want to thank you so much for your podcasts. um uh, again this is somewhat new to me, and I've kind of fast-forwarded to doing a lot of research online to understand what was happening to me. Um, I've known for years that um, people have been following me around. At first, I I started to think it was um, a particular individual following me, and then I realized it was groups of individuals following me um, at specific times of the day. Doing quick U-turns, following me into the post office, um, approaching me with questions and comments that were rather bizarre that I have come to learn is street theater. Um, I'm not sure how you, know, how you want me to start, if you want me to give a little background, um, I'm, um, or if you want me to go straight into my actual targeting experience.
3: Well, we can start a little bit back. Um, you know, I'm very interested, you know, because we have several, couple hours to several hours, however long you would like it to go. Okay. So be like, you kind of, it's almost like a book for you, a little audio book. Okay. So,
0: I, I really appreciate that because um, basically what has happened to me over these many years and the people that I believe to be involved, it is a story within a story within a story, um, most of which I – had no idea existed in the animal rights uh, nonprofit community. I was very naive, um, very naive to believe that everyone that got involved in animal welfare actually cares about the animals. <laughs>
4: um,
0: but to backtrack a little bit, my background, um, uh, aside from my education, is I'm a divorced single parent of one daughter. My daughter's in a doctorate program. Um, I raised her as a single mom um, since uh, she's seven years old um, she's uh, she's turning twenty nine soon um, I've been self- employed um, in addition to um, going to school for the larger part of my adult life as an adult learner um, I had to deal with a lot of issues with my ex-husband not paying support, being a deadbeat dad. I've been in and out of court. I've been before probably every judge in our local courthouse. Um, In addition to that, I had um, started dating online. I met someone who started actually stalking me. So I'm when when all of this other gang-stalking stuff happened to me, I realized that it wasn't the stalking as I knew it to be, a stalking by one individual who has an obsession or a delusion about who they think you are or the kind of relationship you have with them. So I actually did have a real stalker um, that I had a couple of dates with that when I said no actually started harassing and stalking me. Um, this was back in 2004 and 2005, and this individual, um, although I had a restraining order, a final restraining order, um, he violated it. So I actually testified before the grand jury and um, had, uh, you know, the, the restraining order. reinforced each and every time for seven years until it was lifted so anyway that's just a, a backdrop on my knowledge of regular stalking and then applying it to what's been happening to me over the last few years and how i i knew that there was something different so i started looking up stalking online and mobbing and I fell into your community
3: and started reading everything possible. But during the time that find I find I was just curious. You just saw it on YouTube when you were looking into stalking.
0: Yes, you know I go to YouTube for a lot of videos, and um, first I, uh, you know, I'm going to be all over the place because I do have an outline and I printed out a lot of stuff. But again, it's a story within a story, and I guess we'll keep going back and forth for a little while. But um, I realized that something sinister (laughs) was happening after a new neighbor moved in next door (laughs) Um, and my house started to deteriorate in a very unusual manner I'm living in this house for 29 years I'm the original owner so even though I was living here with my ex-husband I stayed in the residence to raise my daughter in the school system so she wouldn't have to be moved around. It was a struggle for me. Um, at one point, I worked four jobs, and I'll tell you about the fourth job that landed me into meeting the, um, uh, the um, animal rescue people and how I became further involved in animal rescue and in form- forming my own nonprofit. Um, so, you know, in living here for 29 years and living anywhere for a long time, you know the neighbors, you know their comings and goings without even thinking about it. Everybody has a routine and a pattern, but as the regular people, the long-term original owners started to move out and new people moved in, there were, a loop, you know, very different and unique and suspicious activities, um, the person uh, that moved in next door to me was watching me all the time, mimicking everything I did. I'm a gardener. I've been gardening since I'm 12 years old. I couldn't wait to move into a house to <laughs> landscape and garden. And um, I planted pretty much everything except the trees myself. So, you know, I would be gardening and he would be watching me. And um Recently, or within the last few months, I was picking peaches on my tree on the on the bottom, and the other ones at the top I couldn't reach, so I just left them there. The next morning, they were all gone. Um, I started trimming a vine that has been covering an arbor um, in my yard. A, Prolific. I mean, so you have to cut it back every year because it it kind of grows like a weed. You just can't kill it. Um, and a lot of things that I planted around the yard are specific to being hardy, meaning that you can pretty much do anything to them and they won't die. So I I trimmed the perimeter um, one day. The next morning, when I woke up and went into the yard. It was destroyed. Someone had been in the yard and cut it completely down. Did you have an idea immediately? Did you? What were I you did. I, I I immediately thought it was my neighbor. Um, I you know because I was self-employed and because I work from home and because I'm home so often. Um, and I'm not gone for more than a couple of hours a day, it seems really unusual that somebody could know when I'm coming and going. It would have to be somebody really close by and it would have to be somebody who's watching me on a very regular basis. But again, I'm already fast-forwarding to um, this started in around 2000 and, um, fift- uh, 2014 and 15. But there were um, unusual events happening before that, and I'll tell you um, how I got to be in this quote-unquote program. But moving forward about the neighbor, um, you know, the neighbor had a lot of cars coming and going. They seemed to be... In a very unusual pattern I'm a very perceptive person I'm very intuitive I'm aware of my surroundings again I'm here 29 years and of course it's it's um, uh, important to be vigilant when new people move into a neighborhood not for any other reason I've never had a problem before never a break-in you know I had a house alarm it never triggered except for like an accident I never had to worry. It was a safe place to live. It was a family neighborhood. But as new people moved in, and even local teachers would say, you know, the kids are horrible. (laughs) You know, after 9-11, a lot of, and I'm originally from New York, so I'm not bashing New Yorkers here. (laughs) But after September 11, a lot of New Yorkers wanted to flee New York, and they moved to the surrounding boroughs you know, perhaps to Brooklyn, then to Staten Island, and then to New Jersey, which is the next viable option because of the transportation and the technology. And, you know, the cost of living is is fairly nice. I live in a very nice house. I live in a five-bedroom house. Um, And you know everybody on the block pretty much takes care of their property, and I was one of those people. in fact, i am was fastidious about caring for my property, which is why when things began to deteriorate in a very unusual way, I became suspect. And it wasn't until um, a neighbor, possibly friends, um, and I were talking on the phone, and she said, "You know, I couldn't sleep one night, and I looked out the window. It was 2.30 in the morning, and I saw a man at the corner get out of his car, and he was just walking around. And I said, well, did you call the police? And she said, no, you know, I, I just made a mental note of it and, you know, tried to go back to sleep. And I said, well, that's very suspicious, And then she said, oh, well, maybe it was some husband, you know, looking for his wife or an ex-husband. And I thought, well, that was an unusual statement. I mean, if I saw some man walking around at 2.30 in the morning getting in and out of a car, I would report that. But she said something, uh, again, it was like a a clue. She said, you know, I always lock my my interior door um, to the house. Now, you know, most of the people around here, we have garages everybody's got a garage door opener. You click that little zapper, the garage door goes up, people walk into their garage and usually walk straight into their house without having locked the interior door. And I was one of those people. I was one of those people for 29 years. (laughs) I never locked the interior door um, because, you know, my garage door is locked. Who's going to get in? Um, But when she told me that, I locked my interior door. Um, the next night was a Friday night. I go out to take care of a bunch of cats that I was feeding on the other end of Manalpin, a cat colony that I've been caring for for 16 years. Um, and then I met a friend for dinner. I get home around 830, and I notice there's a lot of unusual stuff. I noticed up until that point, though, that cars had been following me on a very regular basis, doing U-turns following me. And I'm, I'm thinking, what's going on here? I noticed things in my house were deteriorating. I purchased so many new things because I placed my house on the market. And you know, when you have placed your house on the market, especially when you have pets and I work from home, I've got stuff all over the place. Um, you know, you want it to look nice. So I bought new rugs, all new rugs. I bought all new placemats. Um, I had renovated my bathrooms a couple of years prior. Um, I repainted. I did a lot of things in preparation of selling my house. I put a lot of money into the house. I, re- I sodded, the, you know, part of the backyard. Like, really, I put a lot of money into the house <laughs> um, to kind of uh, offset the fact that I have pets and some people are allergic and whatever to, you know, give the best possible appearance. So I would buy something and come back and that next day my rugs would be destroyed completely pulled and I knew that my my pets weren't doing this it just seemed bizarre but in my mind I couldn't fathom I my mind didn't go to that somebody had been in my house I didn't it just didn't occur to me that that could happen I noticed my hardwood floor had so many scratches like X's and three lines in a row and it started to bubble in places and I'm thinking what is going on here I never found any liquid on it I it was just deteriorating and I had so much going on in my life you know as a as a single person and caring for animals and starting a business and I had an eBay business on top of it I I couldn't understand what was going on so anyway going back to um my going out to dinner and coming home and thinking everything is a little unusual it was dark in the house i keep it kind of dark i like it like that so the next morning i'm looking around and things are really out of place things that i would normally find in the place that i leave it because i'm very organized <laughs> i like a little organized chaos Um, weren't there. Things were disappearing. Things that were in my attic I found in my desk downstairs. Things that were in my house I found in my car. Um, I noticed um, when I replaced um, an air filter um, that it was incredibly black. I don't smoke. No one is allowed to smoke in my house. I haven't lit a fire in my house in the fireplace now in three years. I couldn't understand why it was black. I change it. I immediately look in my fireplace. My fireplace is completely scorched. I was baffled and confused because months prior... I hired someone to clean and inspect the fireplace for a year, knowing my house was going on the market. Um, I hadn't used it all that much prior except during Hurricane Sandy, and it was essentially clean. I had a white background, and here it was black, scorched. It made no sense to me. So when I when, okay, so going back to the night I, I went out, came back in in the morning, I'm running out to, to run errands. I noticed my door had been broken into. The paint was chipped off. There were striation marks on the lock. My um, interior screen door with glass on it Um, appeared to have been opened so wide that it broke or pulled away from the hinges and the door frame. My heart started to race. I started to panic. And then everything that I noticed going wrong in the house, it came to me that my house had been broken into. And then I thought, maybe this isn't the first time. So I started looking around my house um, after that break-in and every drawer, drawers that I never go into, you know, there are some things that you do on a regular basis, drawers that you use every day and others you just, you know, it's a big house. I store things away. I noticed one closet was completely disheveled. Somebody had been in my closet Rearranged everything like they were looking for something. I go into other drawers and they're in disarray. I had a file. I bought a new plastic file for my nonprofit stuff. And I noticed the latch weeks prior um, was disconnected from it. It didn't make any sense to me. How could that happen? And then um, I reattached it. And then the next time I looked at it, it was gone. It wasn't on the floor. It was nowhere. So I'm going to I'm jumping around here because you know some of these things are just they're coming back to me. So I go into the garage, and the first thing I do is I have to change my garage door code. I call the garage door opener guy to come over here, and he's changing the code. And while he's here, I'm calling the police. Um, the first two police arrive. And I'm telling you, this was like a fucking, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> it's, it was like a comedy. It was a comedy of errors, like a skit. And that's the only way I can describe it. Um, two police officers arrive. They're waving their hands up in the air. Look at her. She's, she's um, sweeping the floor. They're completely ignoring the fact that I'm changing the pin, uh, the code, they they come into my house, they ask me what's wrong, I show them, and then they leave. Um, and then another officer arrives. This officer appeared to be a little bit more professional, but he didn't have a name tag on him. I didn't know who he was, and I'm, I'm right now um, in a panic mode thinking that somebody was in my house, thinking that everything that I've been noticing the last few months, the deterioration, my pets getting sick, pets getting killed, everything is coming to me that <laughs> that my house had been broken into several times on a very regular basis. Um, so this police officer, um, I show him something unusual upstairs. Somebody had been moving things in my daughter's room, or I should say, you know, when my daughter lived here, it was her room, but she still has so many things there as many kids who move out leave their things behind. Um, and I showed him something that it just wasn't possible to happen on its own. He completely discounted it. I showed him the closet that was completely disarray, discounted it, didn't take photos, didn't give me an incident report. He did walk around the house. He said, I don't see any break in. I showed him the, the door that was noticeably broken into. The first thing he says is, When was the last time you painted your door? I'm looking at him in like, I, I'm, I'm in panic mode, and they're completely discounting everything. He leaves. I change the, the, the code. And I am frazzled. At this point, I decide I'm going to walk around the entire house. I'm going to look at everything. And I started noticing things that I did not notice before. Um, I started photographing things. I started photographing things and then expanding them because when I would upload the photos. They would be at like a 25% image. I started blowing them up to 50% and then 100%. And then I started seeing a lot of patterns. I started seeing slice marks and intentional marks. And I'm thinking, this is not something an animal could do. This is not, first of all, my, my pets don't behave this way. I don't understand what's going on here. I started looking at my books Every one of my books was targeted. I have over 600 books. I was an adult learner. Um, I collect antiques. I've been collecting antiques as a child. My father was an antique dealer. Uh, I have a lot of antiques in the house. Every one of them was damaged, sliced, cut into... Um, etched grouting in my house was picked at my walls were sliced i had holes in screens that i just replaced because i replaced all the screens after living here 29 years putting my house on the market i wanted everything to be nice so i replaced the screens screens that were on windows that i never open suddenly had holes in them I replaced all my pleated shades in the house the year prior every one of my pleated shades new pleated shades had holes in them <sighs> um, I started looking at other things um, that didn't make sense to me I started pulling all of my books out of the shelves there was one new book that I hadn't read at the top of my dress, um, my desk. I hadn't read it. I, I left it at the top, thinking I'm going to read it, for, you know, sometime soon. I pull it down. It is covered in urine. Ugh.
3: Unbelievable.
0: I noticed the weeks prior that my bed was covered in urine. I was baffled because, first of all, I've never, ever, I've had cats my entire life. I've had cats since I'm five years old. I'm I'm turning 60 this year. I've always had pets. I've rescued animals my entire life. They're all spayed and neutered and vaccinated. They don't spray. I've never had a cat spray, ever. Right. I couldn't understand what was going on. Where is this coming from? And in my bed, cats do not, and in the cat's beds, cats don't pee where they sleep. They don't pee where they they eat. I I was baffled, like, who's doing this? What's doing, what's going on here? And then I, I started finding urine in other places of the house that was just baffling. So I would start cleaning things up, and then I realized that this is, being done to me on a regular basis because when I was home, I, it never happened. I could be home for days at a time and nothing like that ever happens. As soon as I leave the house and come back, there's something else wrong. One time I turned my television on. I usually watch the same TV channels and um, there was a channel on that I never watch. I could be watching TV and suddenly my screen would scramble. I started photographing it. I called Verizon to ask them if they had any outages, if there was anything going on. And they would repeatedly say no. I finally, after my new camera system was installed and noticed that there were huge gaps of time, uh, three, four hours in the middle of the night, you know usually from two a m until four or five a m there would be no video. It would be highly unusual to have no video for that right. l- length of time, um, and then I started staying up. And I noticed that the Wi-Fi would suddenly disconnect from my phone at certain times of the day. I noticed that my cameras would be scrambled every time I left the house and returned. I had no Wi-Fi until I got into the house and was in for about five or ten minutes. I started taking screenshots and and photographs of all the scrambling of the cameras of my TV I finally got a Verizon Fios person um, who said, I believe that what you're describing is third-party interference um, and um, what is happening is against the law and you need to contact your local police department because it's out of our hands. Um, so, of course, with each police report that I filed, and I'm going to have to back up to the, the, the first incident, and then I'll come back to this. Um, I filed for an incident report. I don't know if this is the way it works in other states, but in New Jersey we have an Open Public Records Act. It's called OPRA. You have to file a form and request information about your police report or anything else that you want in, in the township. So I filed an Oprah report. I wanted the incident report for my break in. For the vandalism. The break in. I get the police report and it says suspicious. It mentioned nothing about vandalism. It mentioned nothing about the house being broken into. Um It called me a derogatory name. It called me the cat lady. This is an an open public records police report and said that I was being paranoid. There was a lot of other superfluous stuff in the incident report that I won't go into, Um, but each and every person that I showed the report to said that this should not be in the report (laughs) <laughs> there should be other things in the report that weren't there. So I sent, uh, eventually, after the filing the third police report, um, well, I'm going to back up a little bit. After this incident, I then continued locking the doors and I replaced all the locks in the house. After I replaced the locks, they were broken into again. And then I filed another police report. I mean, it gets progressively worse. The police officer that came uh, for this one, um, I showed him the interior of the fireplace. I showed him the vandalism of my gates. I showed them the vandalism of my sheds. I showed them the vandalism of my floor. Tile floor gouged out. My antique furniture from the 1800s that was in mint condition from back then that I've had for 40 years had etchings in it. And the marble was, uh, was uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, chisels off. Um, and, again, urine was poured all over it. Oh, by the way, urine was poured all over um, a lot of my rugs. And all of those new rugs, um, if you turn them upside down, they were all sliced from the underneath so that if I vacuum them or wash them or whatever, they would completely fall apart which is starting to happen now. But they were all sliced underneath. And I've got photos of everything. And if whoever goes to the Facebook page, you'll be able to see some of it. I've got thousands of photos at this point. Um, so I filed the second police report. And um, the police officer asked me, um, is there anybody else that can, you know, that, that lives with you? Oh, and, oh, and each officer... By the way, every incident report, they asked me if I lived alone. Every one of them. Does somebody else live here? Do you live alone? Um, One officer said, well, how often does your daughter visit? The questions that were being answered asked of me, I I thought, may have been a little unusual um, because they weren't even entered into the police reports. But other things were entered into the reports. things that I never said were entered into the report. Um, This last police officer asked for a family member's phone number. They contacted my mother. They wrote in the the incident report that they contacted my mother, who said that she's very concerned and that, that she will watch me in case of, um, what was the wording, um, you know, in, in case she notices anything or something like that. When I, when I read it back to my mother, she said, I never said that. She said, I'm concerned about your situation. I don't know what to do about your situation. I live here. So they completely fabricated not only the first incident report, but the second one. And it just gets progressively worse. I've filed seven incident reports. I've tried to correct the first three. Um, I sent a letter to um, the lieutenant, um, who, by the way, I met with, um, to change the incident reports. And he was not uh, responsive or... Uh, he he was not responsive to changing them at all or even documenting the truth. So I wrote a letter highlighting the discrepancies between their incident reports and the facts. It wasn't even hearsay. It was actual facts. These are the facts. My, My cameras were scrambled on this date. Here's the photo. My camera was scrambled on this date. Here's the photo. In each incident report they would mention, she's got a an alarm system, it didn't trigger to our our uh, agency. What they failed to realize is and I documented this that my cameras uh are not were not connected to my alarm system. So if somebody blocked my cameras, it would never have a triggering event to somebody breaking in what I have since discovered is that it is very easy there are electronic devices out there there's one called a Wi-Fi jammer and again you know I I can't even believe I know all of this surveillance and counter surveillance stuff this is not anything that I'm remotely interested in in, in my entire life um, I consider myself to be a spiritual person who is trustworthy and honest and, and you know, I, I couldn't believe I started researching this stuff. Well, so I found this Wi-Fi jammer and my heart sinks. And I'm thinking anybody can buy this thing and disable anybody's house alarm. I don't know if the word is disable. I think the word I read is deauthenticate, where this jammer does just that. It doesn't break the system. It, it just interferes with the signals going from one thing to another. And that would allow somebody to enter my house by... Disabling temporarily my house alarm so there would never be a triggering event. The fact that my that I had to replace my locks three times, and that people have been in my house before that, they more than likely either made a key or stole a key. Unlike um, some other people, you know, mo- a lot of people keep you know extra keys hanging somewhere in their house. Um, And I was one of those persons who kept extra keys hanging in in a visible space for me in my own house in the privacy of my home. So if somebody broke in, they would have readily seen that and have been able to make keys to allow themselves in. I later discovered that my slider door had also been broken into. After I replaced the locks for the third time, Um, I hired a private detective. Um, I met with him two times. Prior to my meeting with him, we were talking on the phone, and suddenly the phone turns around where I see his face on my phone. And he got really startled by it, and so did I. Um, I didn't do it, and neither did he. But I will say that prior to this, I did feel that my phone was tapped and I did mention it to people because I would be talking on the phone and um, I would hear a click as if somebody clicked in and would click out. Sometimes I would hear an echo. My phone calls would drop off. Um, So this private detective comes here. Um, He stays a while and then I drive him back to where he needs to be. And that night, I go to sleep upstairs, and my house was broken into again. Um, no doubt that, no doubt in my mind that whomever has been surveilling me, watching me, uh, stalking me, um, knew that there was somebody in the house, and maybe fearful that they had implanted something in my house that would be discovered. And they broke into my house as I slept. I have on recording on one of my cameras um, at a later date of a a break-in or an attempted break-in that didn't happen because I have subsequently barricaded my front door when I sleep at night. But I do have the recording of somebody trying to get into my front door Um, Another time I actually saw somebody trying to get into my front door and I saw a shadow of a person Um, and it was actually my, my pets that alerted me. I was in the middle of falling asleep and my cats who sleep next to me suddenly got up and ran to the staircase. That kind of alerted me to waking up. And then I heard somebody at the front door. I'm at the top of my staircase. I'm in my nightgown. I have my house alarm on. I'm starting to panic. There's somebody trying to get into my front door. And they must have seen that, they one, they couldn't get in. Um, And I saw a shadow across my doorway. And then... um, I go back, I actually go back into bed, and I'm like shaking. But while I'm in bed, one of my bedroom windows, um, if I look out that window, I can see a neighbor diagonally across the street. Um, I was once friendly with that neighbor who, who moved, and then new people moved in there as well. And I figured... You know, I knew that house really well. They have a light that turns on automatically when there's somebody in front of it, a motion uh, sensor light. So while I'm sitting in bed, frazzled about what to do, knowing I'm not calling the police ever again, (laughs) they're not taking me seriously, they're fabricating reports, Uh, they write things in that I never said, I'm not calling them. But I did make a, a note of a notation of this happening and started keeping a log. But what I noticed was immediately after the shadow left my front door and I get back into bed and wondering what I'm going to do, the lights turn on on that person's driveway. And I'm thinking, well, that's a coincidence. Um, Maybe the person who was trying to break into my door escaped across the street. I'm not going to say anything else about that. Um, but I just thought it was a coincidence. Um, I don't tend to not believe in coincidences. I'm a very practical person with my background and my training. Um, I um, I take note of everything. I don't discount anything. And coincidences, especially a string of them, usually turn into something that's important. You know, like you know, connecting the dots. So I make a nota- notation of this. You know, I tell a few people about it, and I'm like, w- "What am I going to do? What am I, you know, what am I going to do here?" Um, I know that my neighbor is involved next door. Um, he's a peeping tom. He sits as far as close as possible to his deck as he possibly can, with his chair facing my yard on a regular basis. Now, he's got a big, beautiful yard with a nice swimming pool and a waterfall. And I know if that were my house, I'd be sitting facing the waterfall instead of watching somebody, watching, you know, some woman in her yard. But this was every day. And he didn't work. And I found out that he, he flips houses.
4: <laughs>
0: um, I, I'm going to back up a little bit because there seems to be A theme of of what's going on around here also because every time I did something new to the house after I painted suddenly I find something wrong with the paint job and I knew that the painter didn't do it but suddenly paint that was on the walls um, which is a different color than the paint on the ceiling suddenly there's paint from the walls on my ceilings Um, new grout that I replaced suddenly started being etched away a little at a time a little a little at a time I started to take the photography so that you can see the progression over time that this is being done to it (laughs) and and then I started to notice that my trees around the property were scorched. I called my tree guy. He's been caring for my trees for 20 years. You know, again, I'm living here 29 years. I'm a gardener. I'm probably the only one on the block that regularly trims all the trees every three years. So it just seemed odd that my trees would be suffering um in such a way especially since we had like one of the wettest summers possible that it just seemed unusual that my trees would be scorched but my tree guy says yeah your trees are scorched and then he kind of whispered to me about getting cameras he said that you know things started happening to him and once he got cameras he caught the person and it's like i have cameras they're being blocked They're being scrambled. Every time I leave the house, they're being scrambled, and especially the one on the driveway. So I decided I'm going to get rid of all the cameras. Um, And I sold them. Um, A friend of mine sold them to an attorney, and they're working just fine in her office. No problems with them. But here, they were being scrambled. They were being interfered with. The batteries would consistently drain, even when they were 100% full the night before. So I knew that, the, you know, things were being interfered with here. So then I get a different security system, and that one, <laughs> and and I'm at a loss of what to do because three, four hours of that security system, there are no photos. I had trail cameras around my property. Um, Weeks, weeks of photos would disappear. Um, I started putting locks on my gates, but yet people were still getting into my yard somehow. And this would always be late at night, sometime late at night, early morning. Every time I would leave the house, Horns would be honking. (laughs) Horns honk as soon as I exit my back door, as soon as I exit the front door. People follow me to uh, the pet store, the grocery store. I've been fortunate to collect a lot of license plates. (laughs) Um, I have a, a bit of a photographic memory And um, I've collected a lot of license plates and I've started photographing these people. Some of the photographs are on the Facebook page. You can see some of the stalkers there. Um, Some of them I've seen several times, so it's not a one-time incident. One I actually caught um, near my car. He had uh, what appeared to be a a universal remote in his hand. And I must have arrived out to my car earlier than he expected. And he has this unusual grin, and he looks like he could be an addict. Um, and he said, oh, my car won't open. Now, it was this allegedly the car right next to mine. And I I said, oh, you know, technology, I started oh yeah technology never works when you want it to (laughs)
4: Um,
0: and then I realized that he's trying to get into my car and I'll back up a little bit because my car um, after it was parked in my garage um, not only was broken into several times but was also vandalized Um, things in my car were vandalized Um, there would be um, graffiti on my my car windows when I got back from grocery shopping as if somebody had been in my car because the graffiti would be on the inside of the window. Uh, And it would usually be done with some kind of a white marker, pen, and sometimes in a gre- like a greasy substance. <sighs> One day, um, I had somebody clean my tiles. Again, I'm ready to prepare my house for the market. I clean all the, the tiles in the kitchen and the hallway, clean all the grout and everything, um, you know, run my usual errands. And I come back, and there are grease... Marks all over the floor like droplets of grease um, all in the grout as if somebody sprinkled it. Um, Within the last week uh, a portion of the bottom of my refrigerator was removed and I have the dates and times that this may have happened because my new hardwired system um, just stop working for f- during the night, five times in two weeks, and then another two times in a week. So there is somebody who has the technology um, and the time and the money to completely invade my privacy. I am convinced that my house my entire house was searched illegally. I've had clothing stolen. I've had more than $4,000 in items stolen. To date, if I were to calculate the amount of damage to my furniture and the house, it's over $100,000 worth of damage.
3: That's a lot of money.
0: It 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 is. And what's even more disturbing and disheartening is that I'm very meticulous about my things. You know, I grew up not having a lot of things. <laughs> I've been very fortunate in my adult life under some of the worst set of circumstances. You know, again, I'm going to go back to I was working four jobs to support my daughter um, because my ex-husband is a deadbeat dad. Um, and wanting to give her a good life, um, uh, you know, while we continue to live here. Um, so to have somebody come in and destroy antiques, they can't be replaced. You know, I can replace some things, but I cannot replace antiques. I can't replace um, these things that I've, uh, you know, cared for all these years. I can't replace a 30-year-old tree that is being systematically killed and destroyed. What's even more disturbing is that you know, police, law enforcement, they take an oath. They take an oath to protect people and property and to protect the Constitution of the United States without bias. And that is not what I'm experiencing here. I have filed seven police reports. Every one, I'm telling you, gets progressively worse. It is a comedy. It is nonsense. I finally left several messages for the chief of police. None of them were ever returned. None of them. I contacted the mayor. And at first she seemed very concerned. We were talking on the phone. I didn't tell her who I thought was involved, but I know that she loves animals, and I know that she's involved in the feral cat population here in New Jersey, um, part of uh, what this is all about for me, you know, something that I've been doing for the last 16 years. I knew that she was concerned about animals. I knew that she, she was a concerned person. So um, I told her I wanted to meet with her and the chief of police. I then called an attorney um, who I dealt with in the past, and we're going to go back to that because he's involved in this as well. Um, I called an attorney um, to uh, meet with the chief of police and the mayor to discuss these issues. Uh, It never happens. Um, he kept asking me for more information, more evidence, more this, more that. I have documented that I sent him 13 emails with probably 100 attachments, photos. And that meeting with the chief of police that he said would be, I don't remember if he said it was a Wednesday or a Friday, never happened. As we approached that date, He'd never updated me. I kept having to ask him. He was not acting on my behalf. He didn't have my interests. He kept asking me for additional evidence. Um, And I thought to myself, I don't understand this. This is not a trial. (laughs) This is not a trial, you know, where I have to present evidence. I've been in court before. I know what that's like. I. <laughs> um, this is a police report. I've read the police blotter. I've seen the most absurd things printed in the police blotter. Uh, you know, so-and-so left their car door open on their driveway and their laptop was stolen or $5 was stolen. The most bizarre things are printed in the police blotter, one time during um, the summertime, something was published about uh, a woman's shed was broken into, but nothing was stolen. Well, that was publicized in the police blotter, but guess what? Not one of my incidences was published in the police blotter. Not one it's a big secret that they're keeping from everybody. They don't want it known what's going on here, which is why I created the Facebook page. Um, it is a public page, and I want it to be public. I want everybody to see the evidence. Um, I did find something in my yard that would indicate, and, and you and I discussed this on the phone. I mentioned a propane torch. I couldn't understand what was going on with my trees. Um, Because there were unusual circular holes um, in a row. So I couldn't understand what it was. And I'm thinking, what could this be? So one day I'm gardening and I find the cap or a cutout from the cover of a propane torch I didn't know what it was. I had to enlarge it, do research online, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I think that's what's killing my trees. Somebody's been using a propane torch. This would make sense. I read that a propane torch is used by, in certain industries like plumbers and roofers and contractors, um, and that is also used in forestry when somebody wants to get rid of weeds, trees, Etc. And I'm thinking, this is craziness. Who's doing this? First, it's the inside of my house. Then, it's the outside of my house. But I'm going to back up because prior to this, and this is how this is all starting, uh, how it all started is back in 2013, well, I'm going to back up even more.
4: Um,
0: When I was working those four jobs, my fourth job um, was at a local elder care facility. And I'm not embarrassed to say that in order to support my daughter, um, I took that fourth job working in the evening, cleaning a portion of that facility. During that time, I met a therapist. She was wonderful, and she had this little secret. <laughs> she said, come out here. And she, she was feeding the cats around the property, and um, she asked if I could help her. You know, she was older, and you know she couldn't bend as much, and she said, you know, I called a local rescue group to help me trap some of the cats and get them spayed and neutered, and then I adopted them. Then she adopted them. And then there was one that wasn't getting along with the others, and she asked if I knew anyone. So my mother ended up adopting that cat who who recently passed away after 16 years. But so she said, yes, you know, I I paid somebody to help me um, trap these cats. So I started helping her. I didn't stay there long because she actually found me a better job (laughs) Um, also working locally. But I still returned and started and and helped her feed the cats i started helping her you know trap a couple and build houses for them and stuff like that you know and this is all out of pocket and years go by and then suddenly i meet a gentleman who's caring for his you know his elder person there who's also helping feed the cats so we join together and we're feeding the cats together building houses and chipping in our money and spaying and neutering the cats. And then the woman who uh, the, the therapist paid showed up one time. She showed up a couple of times. I, I just thought it was kind of odd because you know, here we are taking care of the cats and she would just show up and appear to be like trapping cats. Um and then another time she showed up with uh, a gentleman who I later found out was her soon to be husband who is a retired police officer. Um and I remember that the gentleman who was helping me care for these animals and I would look at each other like what is she doing here? You know what what's going on here? You know why is she here? Um and we didn't think anything of it. Just you know okay, whatever, you know Showed up. Maybe she just wants to help again. So we're going to fast forward to um, 2013. Um, There appears to be a complaint filed with the health department about the cats that we have been caring for. Now, during this time, there was a lot of horrible things going on around Around town with the local animal shelter, which subsequently closed down, there was a lot of corruption, there was a lot of cat killings, there were a lot of a lot of horrific things going on. Again, you know it did close down. Um, there was a lot of uh, corruption between you know money, financial financial things. So I figure, okay, maybe this is some kind of an offshoot of that. So now people are allowed to file complaints anonymously, well, at least back then. So there was this anonymous complaint that came in about the cats, and it was sent to the director of this care center. Unbeknownst to me, three weeks prior, a new director came on board, Um, So this new director receives this complaint. Um, He he comes out to meet me, sees what's going on. He didn't know there were cats in the perimeter. And um, he said, well, we've got this complaint. They've got to go. And I'm looking at him thinking, well, they've been here a really long time, (laughs) longer than you. (laughs)
4: Um,
0: I, I said, what can we do to work this out? So there was no working it out, he said. He wants them gone. And I'm thinking, well, that's not a possibility. That's not going to work for me. There's no reason for them to be gone. This is a wooded area. I'll back up to to say that there are 13 acres of land. Um, I would say half of it is unusable because it's a watershed area and it is a forest And that's where these animals were living. And that's where animals still live. You know, um, raccoons and possum and foxes and cats and birds. So they were far enough removed where nobody knew that they were there. But suddenly they need to be gone. Um, So um, I started calling everybody imaginable. I even called that woman who would appear... Sporadically, and she couldn't help. And then I called um, a a larger group here um, who supposed to be, you know, in the service of protecting animals, and they couldn't help. I called the Humane Society. I called everybody imaginable. Nobody would help. I decide I've got to take matters in my own hands, and I file a petition with Care2Org. And the petition went viral, um, as petitions can, you know, when it comes to animals. It went viral around the world. Um, I started posting the petition in our local Manalbin patch um, on a regular basis, and somebody found it, an activist, um, who handed it to another activist who created a Facebook page. So two activists, animal rights activists, Created this Facebook page, saving the blank, I'm not going to say where, cats from extinction. We need help. We need donations. We need to get the the cats trapped. We need trappers. We need to get them spayed and neutered and up to date so that they can stay. We need to find a place for them. We need to petition um, to have these cats stay. They've been there for a long time. Suddenly, uh, the people who didn't wanna help come forward. wow, look at this you know we've We've got somebody who is um making waves here, and guess what? We have a great opportunity to fundraise on behalf of those cats, and that's what happened. I did not have a nonprofit at the time. I didn't know anything about nonprofits. All I knew was that I was caring for these animals selflessly, out of pocket, and now somebody wants them gone, and I needed help. Um, so this individual comes forward and says, I will trap the cats. She starts a fundraiser. Um, suddenly, I'm not permitted. Uh, conversation with her Um, I'm blocked from the Facebook page I'm not made an administrator suddenly people appear to be angry with me Um, and this woman takes complete charge of the situation goes behind my back um, schedules a time and a date to trap my cats Um, on the only time that I can't be there um, while I was visiting my daughter in another state and I'm going to backtrack just a little bit in 2012 I contracted Lyme disease Um, I thought it was very unusual because I contracted it in January um, when it's cold and when I wear hats and it was embedded um, in my left ear Um, and for the better part of two years, it was like a living hell. Now, I'm very suspect after all of the gang-stalking and after all of this has happened. I'm just going to hold that up as being suspicious as well. But (laughs) I went through a very difficult time um, during that time, And, and basically I'm at the tail end of starting to feel better And now I've got this cat situation. I'm visiting my daughter in another state, and I get a phone call that one of my cats is dead, Um, a healthy cat, a young cat. But prior to that, I receive an email that the cat has leukemia. And I'm thinking, this is not possible. She says in the letter, do you want me to kill him now rather than have him suffer for the rest of his life? And I'm thinking, kill him now
4: because he's,
0: he may have leukemia. I said, you know what, let's wait a while and I'll test him again because for anybody that knows anything about cats living outdo- outdoors, they're under a lot of stress. When an animal is being trapped by a stranger, they're under more stress. Very often, when a very young animal is tested for feline leukemia, it will test positive. And then if you wait a couple of more months, it will test negative. And there are a lot of false positives. If I remember correctly, 30 to 40% of those tests are false positives anyway. And I knew that none of the cats that I cared for were ever sick. So I said, no, no wait. You know, wait for me to come home and um i'll 'll retest him i'll 'll take him in. The next time I hear from this individual is the phone call that he's dead. Basically, what that was was a cover up because of their negligence they 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 needed to craft a reason for their negligence in saying that he was sick and that he needed to be killed um but um, anybody who's going to listen to this podcast who is an animal lover and, and knows anything about cats or feline leukemia, you do not need to kill a cat <laughs> just the way you would not kill a human if they develop leukemia. Um, but, but this is, gives you the, uh, an idea of the mindset um, of these individuals. So then um, after that, when I came home, um they had trapped some cats and they they started putting them back. I I didn't realize that one of the cats were, that was trapped was very young, was a kitten. Um they spayed her, neutered her and sent her back at, into the woods <laughs> um after 2 days. When I saw her, when I finally found her, she was deathly ill. I re-trapped her, brought her home. She was spinning in circles.
3: Hello. I'm Hello? here. I was Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. I was just. Uh, I was just making. Uh, no. I just think it's terrible. It's horrible to hear this.
0: Oh no. I just. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you know. I'm still connected here. So. So I bring this. This cat home. She's spinning in circles. She can't eat. I have to feed her. Um, you know, with a spoon, I bring her to the vet, get some medication for her, and, and then bring her back again and get some medication for her, and it's becoming increasingly difficult to care for her. I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know what's going on. So I call the vet and I said, you know, can you keep this cat overnight, um, and, you know, give her some fluids and, and do some tests and, you know, I need to know what's going on. She's got diarrhea. She's, not, she's tipping over. Um, her, her eye was partially closed. Like the white, the third eye was, um, was um, visible. And um, she weighed 2.8 pounds. The poor thing had been spayed, vaccinated, ear-tipped, um, all by a stranger, thrown back outside and then got that sick. So I bring her to the vet and I'm waiting, you know, to hear something back and um I go there and the cat's gone. They said, Oh well we gave it to so and so they said that you couldn't afford to pay for her. I said, I never said that and I was appalled that any veterinarian could give anybody's pet, anybody's cat, to a stranger just because they asked for it. Unbeknownst to me, that stranger um, was in a position of authority, um, was an individual who um, I previously contacted who said that they couldn't help. Well, she took the cat And um, I never got the cat back. I decided, you know what, I need some help in this. I'm getting, I received a threatening email from the other woman telling me that if I ever spoke about her in any way to anyone, that she would call my certifying board. And I'm thinking, how does she know this about me? So she must have done some research prior to sending me the nasty threatening letter email. Um, she knew that she was illegally fundraising. She kept ended up keeping the money. Um, money was coming in <laughs> that I never received. People were gifting things upon you know my cats that I never received. I never received an accounting. Of the alleged cats that she trapped, but I did notice that at least five of the cats um, died. Um, so what I did was i I needed to find an attorney i didn 't have the money for an attorney, so I wanted to see if there were any animal rights attorneys that you know, might be doing some pro bono work. So I found a group. I call the attorney. I speak to her. And when I mention who the person was, she says, oh, I know her. I'm sure she's reasonable. If you asked her for the cat, I'm sure she'd give it back. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't be calling an attorney (laughs) if that worked. (laughs) So um, I'm thinking... I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to get a. I'm going to have to pay an attorney. So not long after that phone call, I actually receive a legal cease and desist letter from that law firm, telling me that I am harassing their client. Their client is the woman that stole my cat. <laughs> um, I later find out. And, and I don't know if people know this about nonprofits, but you, you do have to file tax returns. They're called a 990. Depending on how much money you bring in, you either file a long form or a short form. And it depends on how you know if you you know earn over $50,000 or under, you have to file different kinds of forms. But you still have to file. You know, you're a public entity. You 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 have to account to the public for what you do with with the money that they're donating. So I'm thinking, they're threatening me for wanting my cat back? This is craziness. So I I asked them for their 990. I get it. And I noticed that the lawyer that I originally called was on the board of directors of the offending cat rescue group. Um, and I'm thinking, that's odd. That, that seems like a little bit of a conflict of interest. And why didn't that lawyer tell me as soon as she heard who it was that she could not take my case and that that um, she should not even be listening to what I'm saying? She should have immediately said, and, uh, and I know this now after speaking to other people, that if it's a conflict of interest, they should tell you immediately and not listen to your story. Um, But I thought, okay, well, that's odd. So I I call a a new lawyer, um, someone who had helped me or I thought had helped me in the past but didn't. But I did call him again um, because I didn't know of anyone else. So he, he writes... He asks me to write a letter and that he'd edit it. So I write this really long letter which he edits and sends off. They respond. He responds again. They respond and then there's this total standstill. My lawyer does absolutely nothing. Um And I'm thinking, what's going on here? And I'm being billed, and I'm paying, you know, all this money. And then I said, he's not acting on my behalf. I've got to back out. It's costing me too much money. I never get the cat back. There were other cats that were missing, and then other cats that died. And I'm thinking, this is just horrible. But during this time, I had already filed. Somebody told me, you know, why don't you get your own nonprofit? So I filed. I actually filed before I left to visit for my daughter, knowing that it takes a very long time um, um, to finally be granted that status. And um, so I'm waiting for it, and um, I, I finally get the nonprofit. And until you're tax-exempt, you can't start fundraising. So I'm waiting for that so I could finally start fundraising for, for the cats. Um, so I start fundraising, and I think what happened was that gentleman, the husband of the woman who was at that, the cat colony, uh, I believe that the woman led him to believe that it was hers. And I later come to find out that she had been telling everybody that it was hers, Um, even though she'd not been there ever feeding the animals or building houses or anything like that. And I'm thinking, okay, she was trying to impress him. That's what it is. That's what all of that was. She was just trying to impress him. Um, so I'm going to fast forward to, in 2015, after this, um, I'm coming out of my veterinarian, no, I'm in the veterinarian's office, and I see someone near my car, out the window. And then I, I'm distracted, I'm, my, my cat's there, and I don't think anything of it until I leave. I leave with my cat that just had surgery, who's sick. You know, wobbling out there. And suddenly this car next to me jerks and blocks me from getting into my car. So I, you know, I roll my eyes thinking, you know what? It's just another person, (laughs) another rude (laughs) person, you know, who lives around here. But then he gets out of the car and kind of waves uh, for me to go. And I note the license plate and I look at him. It's like, That guy looks really familiar, and it's like, I know who that is. It's that woman's husband. It's um, the retired police officer. And I'm thinking, how dare he? Who does that? (laughs) You know, um, and I noted it. And then when I got home, I noticed that there was chewing gum on my license plate. And that this woman had stuck chewing gum on my license plate. I mean, this is how immature some people are. And I will say that, you know, I have a lot of corporate experience and you'd see from my, my education, I care for cats um, because I love helping animals. Um, it's not what I chose to do for a living, but people do choose to do it for a living, and some people make a lot of money doing it, I had no idea until I became involved that there's so much backstabbing, immaturity, um, that people steal other people's animals. I had no idea that this actually existed in animal rescue, Um, and that lawyers are involved, in covering it up, they're killing animals. They're stealing animals, and this is all for profit. Um, and granted, you know, people who work in nonprofits they work hard. It's not easy caring for a lot of animals. It's 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 um, you get compassion fatigue. You you know, it's laborious uh, and um, it's very expensive. And I, I do believe that people should be compensated for the work they do with animals. Yet, there are hundreds and thousands of people out there that do exactly that out of their own pocket um, and never get a dime from anybody. Um, and what I found is that I believe that I am in this program because of these individuals, because of a lot of things that I discovered, um, because of a hatred that this uh, woman seems to have for me, some jealousy. um, And I I don't get it. Um, There isn't anything that um, I want from these people. I, I tend to not associate with people with that mindset, so that they've been targeting me for all of these years, I've come to believe that there may have been an agenda from the beginning. Um, I do not believe that that original complaint was a, was a, a, a real complaint. I believe that the, the complaint was contrived by these individuals um, initially to push me out of that area and when it backfired um, and there was an awareness to what was going on and people were rallying um, for the animals. They saw the opportunity, a financial opportunity and latch on to that opportunity. When animals started dying, they didn't care. They're in a position where it doesn't matter. They've got lawyers on the board of directors. They've got lawyers protecting them. One's married to a a police officer. They're protected, so they can do and say whatever they want to anyone. And I believe that that original threat that I received in writing um, was just the tip of the iceberg. And I believe that I'm not the only person they may have done this to. I just happened to be at the the wrong place at the wrong time and knowing too much. Um, I think they felt that, oh, you know what? She's just going to go away. She's going to be scared. She, But, I, one, I don't negotiate with bullies. I may look, you know, like a nice, sweet woman, <laughs> but I don't negotiate with bullies and I am a fighter um, and people who know me, I've, I've even had one of my friends call me a pit bull <laughs> um, when you push my back up against the wall I am not going to be nice about it and I, I will fight um, I do not want to believe that I'm in this for life <laughs> and I will. I do believe that with your group and the awareness and the potential class action suit that um, may be formulating that there and with what's happening in Cuba, I do believe that there's going to be a revolution. There's going to, something's got to give, something that's going to make people aware. There's going to be one senator. There's going to be one person. There's going to be Maybe an animal person, because if you look at my Facebook photos um, under some of the animals that were killed intentionally, this is despicable that animals are murdered. Two of my um, house cats suddenly developed cancer, one in the throat and one on the nose. These were healthy cats people were coming into my house every time I was away harming my cats. I would find them huddled together under a chair and wouldn't come out. One um animal one of my cats, her personality has completely changed. She's scared of everything. Um, and um the targeting um in my house, the electromagnetic field, um uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. In order to protect myself, I started buying a lot of stuff. Um, I bought um, a triple-axis EMF meter. Um, I bought um, actually a police camera that I now wear on me because wherever I go, I've got a camera. I've got a camera in my car. I've got a camera on my body. I've got cameras around the house. And I'm photographing everybody. I'm photographing the neighbors coming and going. Um, it's, there are patterns that are happening here. After the neighbor next door, oh, this is, this is another clue. The neighbors next door um, had a lot of cars coming and going. They seemed to be in some kind of an unusual uh, pattern on the driveway, if one would leave, one would park in this space and one would park in this space and then the lights were flashing and the horns were honking and people were coming and going, they looked like criminals. (laughs) Um, They decide they're going to place their house on the market and where do they move? Across the street. On one of the days that um, I was gardening outside, I did not realize that they were actually moving out that day I see them, and I, I said to the guy, I said, well, it's not going to be as easy for you to break into my house from across the street, will it? And he said, you know what? The reason why your house won't sell is because you're crazy. I said, crazy is selling this house and moving across the street. And by the way, by what criteria did you do you consider me crazy? and he said nothing and then i thought you know what this is part of the agenda this guy was probably hired he's probably hired to move in next door and break into my house on a regular basis i could be gone for two hours for one hour and i'd come home and something would be moved something would be broken something would be stolen Things that I would place in one place would be somewhere else, and it, it just can't possibly happen unless somebody's really close by. So I, I called um, someone on the phone while I'm outside, and they're moving back and forth, and I'm talking to this person. and the guy said, "Look at her. She's talking to herself." I said, "Excuse me, I'm on the phone with somebody." <laughs> and then he shut up. They don't want anyone to know what they're doing. They want to isolate you. And this is part of pathology. Um, a malignant narcissist, psychopaths, their agenda is to isolate the victim. And that's basically what this gang stalking program does. They want to isolate you from your friends, your family, breaking relationships, um, and going back to uh, that cat colony, after 16 years, I received an eviction notice, um, and I, I believe it is in a direct response to these groups getting together um, and either slandering me, uh, defaming me, saying something, something horrible enough to destroy a relationship—a 16-year relationship. And not only push me out, but also to, you know, push the cats that have lived there um, out. So this finally did happen. And I think it, the part of the agenda was, while I'm trapping those cats and spending all the time there, cars following me, they were breaking into my house on a regular basis. And I want to say that my house was illegally Searched. Um, For anybody that's out there, um, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I pay my property taxes. I've lived here 29 years. I take good care of my property. I've performed six years of community service for the Drug and Alcohol Alliance um, here. Um, I've donated things to the community. Um, I've cared for community cats for 16 years, um, mostly out of pocket, for this to be happening to me, um, it's horrendous. More so that I know that some uh, targets and what I've read online is that the police don't want to acknowledge it. Um, I get that. I do believe that in, in my targeting the police are involved. I think it goes beyond ignoring it. They're involved in discrediting me. They're involved in slandering me in police reports. They're involved in negating what I say in reports. Um, My former attorney, who I hired specifically uh, to represent me um, in front of the chief of police, after gathering all of those photos and after harassing me for a copy of the propane cover, I've never he never did what he was supposed to do. Um, he violated his fiduciary responsibility <clears throat> to me. I believe he engaged in conflicts of interest. <clears throat> he failed to supply me with the request, requested records. I believe he engaged in gross negligence. He failed to take the steps to protect my interests, and he actually harassed and bullied me in writing. He was gaslighting me, telling me that he never received the items that I sent to him in an email. And he actually said in an email that no one will believe me. <laughs> No one will believe me that I sent you 13 pages with attachments, or nobody will believe me that I I paid you (laughs) for your harassment. And I I need to backtrack because this is another reason why I know my attorney was involved. I was out one Friday night, and I get a phone call um, from one of the police detectives, um, he said, um, I hear you need to file another police report. And I said, when I called back, I said, no, you know, I, I don't. I, my, I left a message, I don't need to file another police report. Well, a police officer shows up at my door, and I'm looking at him like there's some misunderstanding here. I didn't need an officer. Um, and I find out that my attorney called the police to my house. So I figured, okay, well, as long as he's here, I'll show him the damage to my car because that truly was not ever documented before. So I pull out my car. He makes a notation, and he does take photos. um, But that police report's fabricated also. (laughs) Um, I want to also note, and this, seems to be important to me. Um, The police officer that arrived during my first break-in that says that the door wasn't broken and asked me um, when was the last time I painted my door, Um, I had seen him before on a regular basis. In fact, (laughs) I would go to our local bagel store, you know, three or four times a week. And it was just a coincidence, not, that he would be either going into his vehicle or leaving his vehicle at the same time that I was at the store. And mind you, I would be there at different times of the day and different days of the week. And then the same officer I would see there sometimes, um when he was off duty. And then he, I thought it was unusual that he was the officer that showed up without a name badge to record my first break-in and then tells me that my house wasn't broken in two. Um, and again, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that, you know, and as we all know as targets that when we start to look back in hindsight we can start connecting all the dots. Um, I don't want, you know, people out there to feel the, the targets who are voiceless that are not coming forward. Everybody needs to come forward. I know it's really embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing to me to think of the things that they did um, in my house. I mean, they've cut holes in my socks. They've stretched out my bras. Um, they 've taken my eye pencils and moved them um into my office um, They have um damaged my food uh, they've sliced apples, pears damaged food they 've harmed my cats. I had to put two cats to sleep because they developed cancer within a month of each other. Other cats were murdered and left outside <clears throat> um one was left outside in the rain on Christmas Day. Um,
2: Lorraine, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's it, oh. it is it is a nightmare. It
0: is a, it's an absolute nightmare. The worst part of all of this, because I'm a strong person, I've been through a lot in my life. I do have a lot, and I'm very fortunate, but I've worked for everything that I have under the worst of circumstances. I know I'm going to get through this, and I'm going to tell all the targets out there to please come forward, document everything, and photograph everything. And what I've found is if when you start photographing things on certain angles, you'll start to see things in the photos that you didn't see before, and these are patterns now. If we can find, literally, because this is what detectives are supposed to do. They hire forensics people. They gather evidence that way in a forensics way and have things tested. Now, it's very expensive. It's extremely expensive and time-consuming. And these people that are doing this know that we can't do it. We don't have the resources that they have but I'm telling you to photograph everything on angles, on different lighting. I was not aware that every book in my house was vandalized until I started looking at um, the photos. And I noticed that there would be X's and Y's, and it appeared to be all throughout the house. Um, And different kinds of symbols, like one symbol is like for pi, and and other symbols like um, triangles. And it it appeared from doing research online that some gang stalkers or private detectives for hire, um, because they're so narcissistic, have to etch their signature. And their signature could be a symbol. Like, look what I did. And that's what I started to find on all my books. And that's what I found embedded in my wood furniture and in my hardwood floor. Um, So for the people out there, please enlarge your photos and take a look at things in a different way. Um, Because you'll start to see things that weren't there before. And again, this is a forensics issue, Um, where if there were um, a forensics person involved, they would see that what is happening is not happening on its own. You know, things are not deteriorating on their own. I saw another target who posted photos that were validating. She said that every screw in her house um, or, or or nut or bolt or whatever was rusted and that's happened in my house. They, they rusted and pitted my door handles, brass door handles. Um, um, they've picked at things, etched things. Um, my, my printer, they, they sliced something inside my new printer. Suddenly, my vacuum cleaner stopped working I had to replace it, then the new vacuum cleaner was gouged out, and then a portion of it stopped working. Um, I've replaced my printer two times. My shredder stopped working. They clogged it up um, with something, I had to unclog it. Um, Both of my sheds were damaged, and even though I placed locks on it, they, they went inside the sheds and damaged the inside. Um, they damaged inside of my garage, and again, they've stolen, you know, over four thousand dollars in items, from little items like door stoppers and, and lights to jewelry, um, money, um, a disk on my desk that had important information on it. I think they were looking for that. Um, clothing, shoes. Um, they've torn up my gloves. They tore up, uh, shredded a bathrobe. Um, you know, these are things that you don't tell police. But this is really happening. And it's happening to everything in the house. Um, cat beds, cat toys, gone, missing, um, shredded. Um, they poured chemicals on my grass to brown it out. Um, burning all the trees with either a microwave uh, something or that propane torch, which I believe that that is what they're using. Um, yesterday morning, um, I woke up and a plaque that is on the, on the side of my house that's been there for years was on the floor. Um, my garbage, um, on a regular basis, somebody... Um after the garbage is taken, somebody in the neighborhood um puts a coke can in there, a partially filled coke can um, uh what what else <laughs> what, um, I don't know what else to say at this point um what
3: hasn't happened in other words to your staff it's just
0: i i i,
3: I there's no nowhere else you know
0: There are so many things that have happened, Um, but I believe it has to do with these animal groups. Um, Another thing that had happened, um, I'll I'll say, back in 2013, um, a friend of mine um, mentioned that there was a Yahoo group where they were talking about, you know, the complaints about the cats, and, and there were people talking about it. She said, I think you really need to get onto that group. She didn't want to tell me what was going on there, but she says, you've got to get in there. So I I applied, Um, usually to join a group. What does it take, 24 hours, 48 hours? And, you know, the moderator just has to click that you're accepted. Well, I find out, you know, the moderator is one of the offending people. Actually, the moderator is the one that stole my cat from the vet's office. But it actually took two months to be added to that group. And when I finally joined the group, there was no conversation. It took two months for them to delete all of the um, uh, the conversation about what was happening. So, you know, there's this huge, huge cover-up. Um, I had also tried to join... Um, This coalition. And I discovered this coalition through this Yahoo group. And the coalition stated that it helped uh, nonprofits um, obtain their nonprofit status or to help them as they were going through the process. So I applied. They only asked three questions. I thought that was very unusual. Just three unusual questions and I responded and they denied me and I asked why and they said well um, we can't really tell you of our process but then they asked some more questions questions that they didn't ask the first time that they said that I didn't answer and it's like well wait a minute you didn't ask me those questions the first time you're asking them of me now and they said well we saw that you filed a complaint online about one of our subsidiaries and they sent me the link. And it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was about six years ago. I went to adopt a cat from our local adoption place, um, whose name I won't mention. (laughs) Um, And it's not that um, I needed to have another cat, but i saw this cat was in such need it was an older cat and i figured you know what i'm going to give it a nice life for the rest of its days i find out that the cat had been um adopted out three times in returned. just goes to show you how well some people interview people
4: <laughs> in adopting
0: out animals to have it this poor one cat returned three times um so I fill out the application. My house is inspected. Um, it was the most, it was the oddest thing I, I, that had ever happened. So anyway, but I'm I'm so happy to be able to give this animal, you know, a a, a life. And I'm waiting for the adoption day. The adoption day comes. My daughter's excited. I'm excited. Um, and I said, well, you know, I'm right down the block. You know, why don't you? you know, you want me to come and take up the cat, you know. It was like 95 degrees outside or something. It was really hot. She said, oh, no, I've got to, I've got another adoption first, and, you know, I'll come to you later. So I'm waiting, and waiting, 10 o'clock p.m. I'm waiting all day, no cat. 95 degrees outside or 94 degrees, and she's she has this cat, this older cat. It's got to be 15 years old driving around in the heat in a pet carrier. Um, And I never get to adopt the cat. I call her and call her. She's nasty to me, hangs up on me. I never get the cat. (laughs) So um, I find out later, years later, the cat died in her care. So now this very group that denied my access to their membership for the reasons set forth that I filed a complaint about that individual, it, it makes no sense. I mean, here you are claiming to be the voice for those that, do, that cannot speak for themselves. Well, that's what I'm doing. I was speaking up for that cat, and you're denying me access to your membership. Why? So... Um, I realized then that all of these groups are linked together, and that I was denied because the offending group, the one who stole my cat, sponsors that group. <laughs> so everywhere I looked, they were all interconnected. Um, It was like a group, it was like, the only way I can describe it is is the mafia. (laughs) You know, you've got somebody at the top, you've got like the head group at the top, and then you've got the soldiers underneath, and then you've got, and, and that's the way I have come to view some of the rescue groups in this particular town, and that the police are covering it up. And that my lawyer, my former lawyer, who I paid, appears to be involved, is criminal. I mean, is beyond anything that I would imagine would be possible. When I think about what's happening to targets, what's happened to me, I think this is the United States. Are we a third world country? I, I, I have a hard time comprehending that this is really happening to so many people, but it is. <laughs> um, and good people, I mean, of all the targets in all your podcasts, there's not one person. Everyone is intelligent, um, articulate, um, upstanding citizens have something to offer society, and we're the ones being targeted on the one hand as as a spiritual person i'd like to believe (laughs) and i even wrote on facebook that okay we're the chosen ones (laughs) we're chosen um i i believe that we're all born into this world with a path um and some of it is set at birth where we need to experience something so We're experiencing this for a reason. I don't like it. (laughs) Um, I don't like it at all. I didn't ask for this. This is not something I want. I've worked very hard for, you know, my whole life for everything. And at this stage of life, it's kind of difficult to think that this is going to continue. Um, But I do feel that in the future... I don't know when. I do think this is all going to be exposed. There, there are people out there gathering, and we're getting growing in numbers. Um, and, you know, if I can say to anybody listening to this, please come forward as being targeted. I believe that there are a lot of people that are that are not even aware of it. They'll, they'll be aware of it when it's too late. I agree. Um, um I was aware that there were unusual things happening, you know. With, you know, with, um, you know, my my background in psychology, I can kind of understand the mindset of these sick people. I get it. I get the gaslighting. I got that, and so I, I'm able to feel comfort at least in understanding what's going on. There are a lot of people out there, they don't have the words, they don't know what's happening to them. They're going to doctors and not getting diagnosed, they're getting misdiagnosed, they're getting medicated and, well, that's the last thing you want anyway, (laughs) is a medication when you're going through something like this. I mean, although I know for some people that, you know, it, it might be very important for them but um you know i I don't know what to say other than to photograph everything and whatever um uh, protective measures people can take using you know latex leather rubber um water water's important um eating well eating as many organic foods as possible, staying away from sugar and sodas and um, for those people, honestly, staying away from meat. (laughs) Um, You know, for some people, that's not a possibility, but there are so many toxins in our food um, that when you're in this program, any kind of toxins that you're bringing into your body are just going to make any kind of targeting feel worse. And I will um, add that when you and I got off the phone, um, I think the first time, I got very heavily targeted. Um, I've been monitoring the um, electromagnetic fields here, and my meter is registering as high as it can go. Um. Yeah, they were targeting my wrists, targeting my face, targeting my teeth, um, my ankles. um, Yeah, so that's that's what's been going on here. And at first I was not going to mention that because I know some people don't want to hear it, but um, I am lucid, I am clear, I am rational, I know what's going on, I understand energy fields, Um, I've, you know, practiced, uh, studied and practiced uh, Reiki. I'm very sensitive to things that are going on in my body. I know what feels normal. I know what feels right. And I know what doesn't.
3: (laughs) Um. Well, just your high level of awareness will help you be even more accurate and maybe pick up on things that others might miss.
4: Yes.
0: Um, There was something else. Let's see. Um, I also mentioned um, in the Facebook page, and now I'm just going to read. I'm going to read some of this. Um, Because I did write, um, I think I've got like a dozen pages there, and I don't expect everybody to read all of that. But I'm going to say that photos are shared publicly because to date there has been no accurate reporting or investigation of the crimes, the multiple crimes of breaking and entering my home, the illegal search, the mass destruction of personal property, and theft of property. The falsification and storytelling in police reports is defamatory, libelous, discrediting, gaslighting, and failing to report the facts. The primary responsibility of a police officer is to protect people and property without bias, to state the facts of a crime as reported. Um, I did write a testimony online of all the items that were stolen, at least that I'm aware of. I mean, I, again, I don't know um, what else was taken until I go and look for it. Um, they've been in my attic. They've destroyed everything in my attic. I had... Um, collected things in there. I had diaries from when I was a child, and they were covered in dirt. Um, They threw dirt up in the attic. Um, My testimony on Facebook is, I'm a regular person, a taxpayer, an educated female. I've lived in this house for the past 29 years, maintaining it on a regular basis. Um, It was in mint selling condition prior to this vandalism, and I am holding this township responsible for not protecting it or me, and for the defamatory, libelous, falsifying incident reports. I've provided six years of community service to this town, 16 years of volunteer service saving and caring for unwanted animals, and as a currently single, spiritual, educated, independent, and forward-thinking woman, we are automatically targeted as a threat. Um, Of the books I've read, And videos watched on the topic, PhDs and educated people abound in targeting. So many enlightened, educated, and progressive thinkers are targeted as threats. Dozens, perhaps hundreds, of homeopathic and natural doctors targeted individuals died under quote-unquote suspicious circumstances. Sudden heart attacks when healthy staged and suspicious suicides, quote-unquote, staged car accidents, or straight-out murder cloaked in suspicion. Um, I know, uh, know
4: <laughs>
0: um, and have been told by others that this state of New Jersey, which I hope to move from and would love to move tomorrow, yesterday, is suspected to be one of the most corrupt states in the entire United States. Um, Washington, D.C. doesn't even compare. Um, Research on the topic of targeting and gang stalking suggests that local police department and law officials are intimately involved in 98% of the gang stalking cases. False flags are set up to target innocent individuals for profit. A false flag is a fabricated contrived note on a person's file. It is an attempt to discredit the individual, aiding and abetting in crimes inflicted upon individuals. Law enforcement are instructed to ignore anyone who files a claim of stalking and label that individual victim paranoid, offering no protective support. Cops protecting cops or an officer protecting a friend is unethical, and violates every standard of professional conduct. It violates the oath taken to protect the United States Constitution. Um, let's see. Um, and I write, any individual, neighbor, paid informant, who engages in harassment, stalking, trespassing, vandalism, um Or theft based upon a contrived, fabricated, covert, defamatory notification with or without a gag order is considered an accessory to the crimes committed herein. Aiding and abetting a crime is a crime. Knowing a crime is being committed against another and not speaking up is concealing evidence. Two or more individuals committing the crime in collusion with another is a conspiracy. Um, Let's see. What else?
3: Um, Okay, yes, um...
0: My locks were replaced three times, all broken into. Every door was broken into. One window screen was damaged, likely entered there as well. Cameras were wiped clean of every evidence while the Wi-Fi connection was repeatedly interfered with. Um, Let's see. My former attorney abusively breached his fiduciary responsibility, reinforces and, and Uh, the the cover-up and abuse by gaslighting, falsifying reports to discredit the truth and failure to perform a bona fide ethical investigation. I do want to mention that the first phone call that I received from a detective, the first question he asked me was, do you own a microchip scanner? (laughs) I thought that was an unusual question. Here I am reporting the vandalism of my trees. And he asked if I own a microchip scanner. He also asked, um, what did my nonprofit group mean? What did the name mean? So I casually told him, well, guess what? He entered that into the incident report. But he didn't mention a whole lot of other things. And another officer failed to mention that I had my technology person with me who gave a form of testimony as to how my cameras could be disabled and how the Wi-Fi could be jammed, but that wasn't in the incident report either. It wasn't even mentioned that I had anyone present. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, My eBay account was stalked. And within 10 days of listing items, those newly listed listed items would be stolen from my office. My website was hacked. Two of my Facebook pages were hacked. A A fundraiser page disappeared in May, and its format is being used by one of the offending nonprofits in their direct mail campaign. My computer mouse suddenly had a mind of its own moving around the screen without my touching it. Mail sent to my email address would disappear for hours. Postal mail sent to my house would be stolen and appearing at a later date. My house alarm was uh, systematically deauthenticated, and I wrote, what does that mean? It means the signals to and from the box were intentionally jammed preventing a triggering event. Triggering events go to the alarm company and to the police department. House camera images were scrambled, and I have photos of that. Uh, My camera attached to my alarm system, I had one camera attached to the alarm system in the yard for three and a half weeks, no images. And during that time, um, that's when all the trees in the yard and my vine was cut down. Um, And the sheds were broken in two. Um, Let's see. Um, I will write that um, on my Facebook page, a neighbor appeared to move in next door who for two years watched me all day long, sitting in a chair on his deck facing my yard, mimicking my actions, watching comings and goings every day. I realize now he must have been a paid perp. Appeared meaning there was never a move-in day. They failed to care for their property, especially the side facing my house. I witnessed this neighbor man hiding out behind a shrub on the side of his garage, waiting to pounce on my porch until he saw me emerge from the garage and he scurried inside. I caught him so many times and when mentioned to the police, they did nothing and failed to enter it into the incident report or to investigate it. Various unsavory-looking people came and went on a regular basis, all smoking incessantly, noisy trucks, horns honking on a regular basis. You know something is suspicious when they do not allow their children to play with others in the neighborhood. The house sold exactly two years to the date and sold for more than any other house in the development, highly inflated, as confirmed by various baffled real estate agents. So... Where did the peep Ming Tom move? Directly across the street. The sold home was left vacant for four months with a new set of two suspicious men coming and going, carrying nothing but small boxes and coffee. Cars with blackened windows and unusual trucks, exterminator trucks, landscapers, sitting in their trucks and not working, would park on both sides of the street in front of or straddling my driveway or diagonally across. Sometimes a man would sit inside the auto, not getting out, and when I emerged from the house to document that vehicle, they suddenly drove off, some performing quick U-turns you might view on a TV action show. Gang stalkers follow me to the post office on a regular basis. Many are photographed and their license plates noted. See the photo section for a sample of photos. They follow me to Wegmans. I saw the same Asian woman in a white SUV, a minimum of four times. They park in the lot across from my car, do not exit the vehicle, sitting with the headlights on the entire time. Another black Escalade car parks up the block and also at uh, Wegmans. He's approximately 60 years old with gray-white hair. Now, ironically, and again, this is the state of New Jersey, ironically, the state of New Jersey enacted an anti-bullying Bill of Rights. (laughs) The New Jersey Anti-Bullying Bill of Rights Act, also known as PI 2010, Chapter 122, is a policy created in 2011 by the New Jersey legislature to combat bullying in public schools throughout the state. This act is an extension of the state's original anti-bullying law, nj n.j.s.a18a:37-13, which was first enacted in 2002. It appears the law that the law was, protected, was enacted to protect teachers rather than the bullied individuals. It is widely known that child bullies grow into adult bullies. Similar to researching, research concluded. That early childhood torture of animals is a pathological, behavioral indication of future psychopathology. While this law proposes to combat school bullying in state schools, what happens after class? How are targeted individuals protected after school? Or when that childhood bully stalks that target into adulthood? Stalkers are masters of boundary violations and do not stop. They are addicts addicted to creating fear in the stalked and their power and perceived omnipotence over their victim. They are addicted to chaos and drama. And I also wanted to thank the individuals who are watching uh, the Facebook page. Do not allow any individual, regardless of their official position, to discount, gaslight, discredit your story or facts. Abusers abuse on all levels in an attempt to discount and discredit the truth. Abusers hate the truth. There are stealth electronic and microwave devices that anyone can purchase online to stalk anyone depending on how much money you have, how much you want to spend Law enforcement, the military, including professional criminals, are well-versed in these applications. I didn't know they existed. In performing an online search and and being informed by my alarm company technician that there are professional costly devices that can be used within one mile of your house and others within a couple of blocks. Um, See the separate posting on Wi-Fi jammers, also known as signal authentication devices. Advanced military-directed energy weapons can target any individual precisely in your home while asleep, while walking outside, and you will feel it when it happens. You may suddenly feel a sharp pain or ringing in the ears or the head that was not there previously and correlates to a specific event and times that you may have noted, including the occurrence of particular vehicles parked in front of your residence. And that may include military helicopters. Be wary of new neighbors or houses that sell and remain empty. That suspicious house might very well be a front house for some form of illegal activity or set up by your community government or vengeful person as a surveillance house to harass surrounding neighbors in moving for profit. Read about real estate mobbers. And I posted the link. It's www.renterharassment.com, real estate mobbing. Also... Those neighbors or community watch sheeple were lied to about you. They may be peeping toms peering into your windows or yard on a regular basis, which is a felony. Trespassing is illegal here for a fine of up to a thousand dollars per occurrence. When I spoke to Verizon FiOS and told them about my Wi-Fi signals that were being intentionally scrambled, they were mostly while I was running errands or overnight. There would be four hour slots of time that would disappear from cameras on a regular basis or images would scramble or my cameras would just suddenly time out when the batteries were fully charged and operational. Please note that if you do hire a private detective, they tend to work four hour shifts Many private investigators routinely report their presence to the police department. So if you hire a private detective and you suspect your local law enforcement is involved, it may defeat the purpose if the private detective is reporting their presence. Alternately, if you report a suspicious vehicle to your local police agency, they may be required to provide information through OPRA, the Open Public Records Act. If you see strange vehicles parked on your block with people who don't get out, blackened windows, jot down the license plate, photograph everything. If you see the same cars and trucks that don't belong on the block, neighbors headlighting you, take photos. You need to collect evidence. And I mentioned again here that I retain the services of a private detective. The very evening he left my residence as I slept, my house was broken into again through the front door, through the new locks. No doubt knowing that the detective may return and locate the gang stalker's implanted electronic devices. I filed the incident report. A professional officer did arrive quickly. At this point, I provided a typed, printed timeline of the events so the report could not be distorted. As with all the other incident reports, each officer already knew information or commented or questioned something he could not have previously known. How would this agency know these things? (laughs) Unless they were made aware of it or are performing it. Even though I provided a printed copy of the actual timeline of events, the incident report was defamatory and falsified, not reporting the truth. My mother said I'm going to get myself killed over this. (laughs) Um, On Christmas Eve... December 24th, 2017, between the hours of 5.40 p.m. and 9 p.m., while out to dinner with my family, gang stalkers entered my residence and damaged a hardwood floor, the wood support on the top of my staircase. They picked at grout between the tiles and sliced more grout, connecting the tile backslash and kitchen counter. They also left their telltale engraved scratched etched graffiti symbols in each new item. Um, In my Christmas boxes, um, there were etchings that we were here. The removal of the chair support no doubt was a staged accident wanting me or somebody else to fall. Between the hours of 2.30 a.m. and 7 a.m. on Wednesday, January 17th, my security system again disabled. Damage to the yard patio, several snow shovels, and the driveway are evident just before the snow. The Wi-Fi signals to my cell were disabled and disconnected again. Between the hours of 2 a.m. and 7 a.m. on Friday, January 19th, my security system was interfered with again and the home was entered. They moved things around, marking things with three dots or other symbols. Cameras had no images for three hours and the Wi-Fi signals to my cell phone was disconnected. Uh, Let's see. Do you have any questions for me?
3: I had, like, I had about 20 here, but you answered them all. So I think you pretty much got it. I, you know, because of your background, I, I want to know like what you do with all this knowledge. And I know you're a spiritual person. I really connected the first time we ever spoke. I just really enjoyed speaking with you. So maybe you can share with them because you're still very strong and solid. And maybe some of your how you, what you do to cope and how you still stay um, level-headed. Uh, okay. Like to, to share with um, people I
0: you're you not going go to believe this. You're gonna, you're going to think it's. Okay, well, I'm I'm busy all the time. I I rescue animals. I've I've got animals, you know, I've got cats in the house and they do silly things and they do funny things and I talk to them and I sing. And I've actually created some wonderful songs for my perps. Um <laughs> Um, like Oops, you know, the Britney Spears song, Oops They Did It Again. Yeah. Broke into my house when I was sleeping. <laughs> Um, so I try to humor myself about what's happening to me. Um, me I try too. to use humor yeah. um, I, I create him. songs for my perps. I talk to them because I know they're listening to everything that's going on, and I tell them that, and I'm going to say it out loud for you here. um I am speaking in the privacy of my own home. There isn't another human around. My windows are closed. My doors are closed. Even if I yelled at the top of my lungs, my neighbors could not hear me. No one has permission, well, except for you today. (laughs) No one has permission to record anything I do and say in the privacy of my own home. You do not have permission. You do not have permission to videotape me. Go through my files. Go through my personal effects. go through my client files this is not only a violation on every professional level you know we take oaths the way officers are supposed to take an oath to protect people and property well I take an oath to protect my donors privacy my clients privacy and this is clearly a violation of not only mine, but every everybody, everybody who is targeted that works in the public sector that has clients that has a business um, that has um, intellectual property. I mean, I have a registered trademark. I write notes. I, I, um, you know, I'm a creative person. For people to be stealing, possibly stealing my ideas, which they have. For anybody out there that uh, is not aware of it, this is a serious, serious matter Um, that intellectual property could be violated because of this. Anybody that has a copyright, um, anybody out there that's doing research at the academic level, if it's on your computer and if it's published or not that somebody p- could be taking your information it it it's not only appalling but imagine uh, imagine somebody working on a doctorate who has a unique idea who's wanting to publish And then you have somebody breaking into your house, going through your computer, downloading your files. Every drawer in my house was gone through every closet. And until I came across your podcast and started listening to other people's testimony, I felt so alone. I knew my house was being broken into. I knew it was these groups. I didn't know that it could be privately funded or government funded. I didn't know any of this. I I just automatically thought this was happening because they wanted my house. They wanted to appreciate my house to get it at a low price so that everybody could profit off of it. And then I thought, well, this is, cr- this is crazy because they're damaging it to such an extent where I, now I'm not moving. So if they wanted me to move, I could have moved um, a lot earlier, which I, I do want to do because my game plan and, and these groups knew – um, I want to purchase a mini farm in another state and have a sanctuary. Um, and this was my game plan. Um, and I've been preparing my house to sell for the better part of now three years. So if they wanted to annihilate the competition, just let me go. But instead, that's not what's happening. Um, but with my background in psychology, I understand the dynamic of the psychopath, the sociopath, the malignant narcissist. These are uh, these individuals lack a conscience. They lack empathy. They lack compassion. They are addicted to chaos. They are addicted to inflicting sadistic cruelty upon others. They get off on it. They get off on controlling people, on having power over someone. So if I were fortunate enough to be able to move, all of these people around me that are profiting off of my misery would lose their income. So it's better to keep me here, isn't it?
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's an expression, I don't know if you've heard it on some of the other calls, that someone said and it kind of stuck, uh, keep the problem going and keep the money flowing.
0: I didn't hear that, but that's a really good point, and, and that that appears to be the agenda. I, I I really feel that any of this, you know, it, it's not just about that, but it's always about the money. Um, you know, for people who are not uh, that attached to the money, <laughs> it's not my mindset, <laughs> you know. I I can I can't think about. I, I would never think about doing this to somebody. If if some officer or anybody approached me and told me something defamatory about my neighbor, I would question it to the hilt. I'm not, you know, I especially if i've lived next door to somebody for a long time there's no way i would believe <laughs> what somebody else said and i've discussed this with with somebody else and it's like well maybe it's why you're targeted <laughs> maybe that's one of the reasons i wouldn't i you know just because somebody's in a position of authority it doesn't mean they're god i mean let's face it um You know, a large portion of the population um, are addicted to either uh, cigarettes, alcohol, pharmaceutical drugs, um, any kind of other drugs, um, you know, uh, harming themselves. Um, You know, we have a very large part of the population that have problems. And that's normal. Everybody's got problems. But, hey, Law enforcement, they're maybe 50% of that population. So just because somebody is in a position of authority doesn't mean they don't have problems. It doesn't mean that they they don't go home and they're snorting cocaine. It doesn't mean that they don't go home and they're drinking alcohol. It doesn't mean that they're not beating their wives. Um, So when it comes to anybody in a position of authority, I'm going to question everybody. I'm not going to automatically trust you
4: <laughs>
0: just because you you're that. I mean, I've learned that from hiring attorneys in the past. I mean, probably, you know, I, I you know, going through the divorce process and um, having to go back into court. I finally uh, realized that I'm my best attorney most of the time. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of people in high positions that abuse the privilege. There are a lot of wonderful people out there. There are a lot of wonderful rescue groups out there that are doing unbelievable work for animals. Um, the people that would be l- listening to this and hearing this, I'm not talking about everybody. I only can speak for the individuals that I've come in contact with. I've also come in contact with some amazing, amazing uh, rescue people. Um, from when I, re- when I watch the news and I read about um, another officer doing something illegal, well, they're humans. These are humans. They're not gods. They have They have issues. Sometimes... People go into fields uh, for a particular reason. You know, somebody who's bullied as a child may go into a field where they have power over others. We know very well that a lot of uh, people go into, um, lately, go into certain jobs where they can be close to girl athletes, So that they can be molest them. So, you know, people need to question authority, Um, and I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that that do, and I, you know, if somebody has to prove to me that they're worthy of being respected, I'm not going to just respect you because you're there with a badge. If you treat me with respect, you get it in return. If you disrespect me, anybody, then why should you get it? Because you have got a badge on? (laughs) I I don't understand that mindset. And it goes with everything, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a psychiatrist, an educator. There are good and bad in every... um, You know every line of work every business society in my opinion is not the way it was 30 years ago Um, you know I've lived a long time and you know I've spoken to friends recently you know of, of the same generation we all say the same thing like what is happening to humanity what is going on it's scary people are scared when I watch YouTube videos and I see young people, you know, like my daughter's age, young people teaching us, and I saw one today, how to create a microwave weapon with with what appears to be brilliant ease, um, it's alarming to me. (laughs) It's alarming that all this information is in the hands of not only the good people that are wanting to help others but the nefarious ones that and it appears to be growing that there is a division between literally good and evil and i i never considered it this before i never really I I, I want to look at people as as being genuinely good, but that's wrong. (laughs) Um, It's wrong in today's society. Not everyone is genuinely good. And it's kind of important to be a little mistrusting, um, given not only... How many people are being targeted, but how many are being targeted that are just not aware of it? Um, but what keeps me sane <laughs> um is not only that attitude um I am a strong person, I do have my moments um where i just I just want to you know get out of here i read I read a lot on the subject. I have animals here. I have, you know, a very small family, but I have some close friends that are supportive. Um, You know, my mom is supportive and and her boyfriend. Um, And, you know, when it comes to the gang stalkers following me around, I think of them as completely pathetic, if anybody ever asked me to follow somebody around and even wanted to pay me a gift card or whatever, I would tell them, what? what? <laughs> there's no way in hell. I would, I could, it, it's not even in my vocabulary. It, I, I, I could never do something like that. And if somebody threatens me into doing it, there's no way I would do it that's just my personality. But I do understand how there are a lot of people that will do anything for anything. Um, And there are other people that want to feel part of something. They want to feel like they're involved in something.
3: Um, They can get um, involved with activism and doing something positive for the world, but I I see what you're saying. Yes. uh, You know, you can still feel powerful by being an activist. There's, po- activists. There's power in doing the right thing. You know, it's just but you know I understand with these, you know, type of personalities that, you know, you study this, like abnormal and deviant behavior in psychology, so you know. You I think that part
0: of that, part of that um is when this started happening, I under I I just understood what was happening. I understood the gaslighting immediately um and then you know with the neighbors you know stalking me uh the people you know I call them the peeping tom i mean i i got that but nobody's doing anything about it because it's part of the plan it's part of the agenda it's part of you know whatever it is the agenda is you know i've read it's to make you crazy it's to discredit you it's to You know, label you. What? What is it? The list is endless. What? Label you a pedophile, a prostitute, a deviant, whatever. Well, (laughs) an activist, um, a whistleblower. uh, (laughs) You know, whatever it is they want to call you, they will. But when when people blindly believe something, that's a problem.
3: Yeah, it is. You know, in our country specifically, you know, my parents are Europeans, so I spend a lot of time in Europe and elsewhere in the world. I don't know. Um, well, maybe it's just simple people. You know, you get out to the countryside in, in Europe, it's just kind of the same. You know, people just, they, they blindly accept information, you know, and they don't question. Um, so, you know, asking questions is dangerous, actually, to most governments. You know, just you know, being inquisitive and wanting to know, because, you know, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're challenging the establishment or you're, you're challenging uh, a, a mentality, and people don't like that, you know. Yes. People of power don't like that, I should say.
0: Yes, that's, ex- that's exactly right. That's exactly how I, I believe um, this started for me, is that um, I questioned I wanted information. I mean, it's part of my nature. I question everything. Um, that's how I learn. That's my personality. Um, you know, some people don't question anything. They take everything for granted, uh, you know, at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, don't question anything. And that's part of who they are. But that's not part of my reality. My reality, as, as, as Lorraine, as, as who I am, is that I question things. I'm curious. I'm Highly curious person. I want information. I like to know things. I like to research. Um, but like you said, that's very threatening to not only groups of people, um, especially if they're you know on a very immature level. Because generally, um, you know, people who are personality disordered are uh, usually at a very um, low emotional intelligence level, um, they may be intelligent, they may be successful, but uh, emotionally they've, they're immature. They have the emotional maturity of a five or six or seven or eight-year-old, which so is why... Sometimes
3: yeah. I think some of that damage, you know, what they say about the narcissist, they didn't get that, something about that two-year-old age, it's, it's very, uh, very... Um, important at at that age of two to get that mirroring from your family. So that's why they kind of attention seek their whole lives and kind of, you know, but then there's the malignant and there's the non-malignant. And then you have, you know, that five-year-old age seems to be pretty, um, um, important, too. So, you know, people get stuck at those ages, so sometimes you're literally dealing with, like, a five-year-old mindset. Or to, but to me, a lot of these gang stalkers and contracting stalkers, they seem like middle school bullies. Yes. Ah, it's really ex- awful.
0: Yes, that's ex- ex- that's exactly right. And, you know, even with um, addictions, um, it's it's somewhat widely known that the age at which you know an individual starts using drugs um they become emotionally set at that age and i believe that when there are certain traumas in childhood that they may be stunted at that stage of development but it's not just abuse you know a, a lot of people think that you know uh, you know a narcissist or personality disorders are created solely On abuse or trauma, that's not true. Um, Many um, malignant narcissists were spoiled, rotten, and had no boundaries set for them. So they basically, uh, their parents basically let them do whatever they wanted without consequences. Um, They didn't set rules or regulations or boundaries. um, And that carries over into you know, adolescence and into adulthood.
3: Well, Lorraine, that's a topic we should discuss because the millennials have a different style of parenting where parents were their friends and they're spoiled and they're unappreciative and they're selfish and they don't know how to accomplish I just think that when they change the parenting style to being their friend or a buddy to their kid letting them do whatever and learn a quote-unquote natural consequence, I don't think that style really worked out. So I'm hoping, hoping there's a happy medium somewhere, but that's a yeah, different topic. That's a different
0: topic, but I, I, I agree right. with you there that um, we're kind of creating a society of narcissists.
4: Sure.
3: Yes, um, and even with the technology. You got Instagram, oh it's all about me, me, me and selfies The and selfies. Yes. And you are creating art. and I see it with so many kids these days. It's like, oh my
2: God, where did we all go wrong? Yeah. You know, and I
3: hope people will still somehow figure it out and Maybe they'll parent differently than they were parented because boundaries are important. You know, if you don't have boundaries, you don't have rules, you grow up thinking that whatever you do is okay and you right. don't have consequences, so you don't develop a conscience. And so, but, anyways, yeah, this is a little bit off topic, but kind of relevant in the case it,
1: well, it's, it's in kind understanding of understanding the mindset yeah. of
3: people that do these type of things. And uh, they don't have absolutely. They'll it, be fine at night. I talked to someone one time um, who was it? It was somebody. Oh, it's kind of a sad situation. Um, somebody I know is in um, uh, kind of like a jail for teens, and, and I was asking somebody that was in there, I'm like, well, how do you sleep at night? He goes, I sleep fine every night, you know, because <laughs> they don't worry. They don't even worry about what they do. They don't. They, yeah. Yeah. So, You're absolutely but people, right. But there are good people in the world. They're caring, conscientious, and... Intelligent. And so many of these people are TIs that I know and people I've had the opportunity of meeting because I've been now a TI, but, you know, there there are more good people than bad in the world, and that's where our strength is because, you know, even though there's like such, so few controlling the planet, really, banks and corporations and families and things like that, but there's billions, there's like, I don't know, 6 billion people in the world, I don't know, there's a lot, there's maybe 7 billion, I'm not sure, but, you know, we just, you know, people have to stand up. We have to create our own revolution is what I think Yes. going to have to happen. And yes. this to me is the number one, you know, what's going on with these programs and this these revenge uh, programs and you know, all the various ones that are really all the same thing, you know. um we, uh, you know, we have to take a stance, we have to take a strong one and we have to get the public on our side and we have to, you know, push a little bit until, you know, something's got to give, so. It seems
0: like um, whomever, there's so mu- it seems like there's so much money involved and all it takes is one high level position to start rocking the boat.
3: Yes, I agree. Um, and Although there's a couple of people who are, a, I know, a governor and a senator and a couple of people that are on board with us, and they didn't tell me this, but it, and they told someone else that they feel like they have their hands tied and they can't do anything for us.
0: That's interesting.
3: Yeah, and I'm not sure why that is. But, um, you know, if you get enough of these people saying the same thing, and, and you know, because this is horrific, they've got to take a stand for us, you know, and it's, you know, I'm not sure why that is. I wish they would tell me that, you know, when I speak to them, but, you know, people seem really concerned, you know, and some people are looking into it, you know, they weren't familiar before. I, you know, had a conversation with them and, you know, but I kind of start people out kind of slowly, you know, but, you know, they just, you know, so many people can't believe that anybody would even do this to people, you know, but, People have been around the block a few times that are maybe more mature and seen more. They they understand that, you know, there's bad things, that, bad people out in the world that do these kind of things, you know. You know, it's the who, what, when, and where, and sometimes we can't all agree on what that those answers are. So yes. it makes it a little difficult for people who want to help us.
0: It appears, uh, and, and you may know better, um, it appears as if there are so many women being targeted. Um,
2: yeah,
3: but part of that can be the fact that kind of men kind of don't reach out as much maybe.
4: True. You know, they
3: don't as much. So I don't know. I kind of analyze that. I'm like, is it because there really are more women, we're vulnerable, we're easy to pick on, and we're a soft target, so to speak? Or is are there men out there just kind of being the man and not going to talk to anyone about it and dealing with it on their own? You know, so I'm not really sure.
0: That's true. I mean, that, that's a good point. Um, and you know m- yeah may not want to share it um or or not aware of it
3: right yeah you
0: know may thinking that okay well whatever's happening at work well you know this happens to people at work people do get bullied at work there's you know always competition you know for jobs in a workplace and stuff but when it when it starts to carry over into your home that's another story entirely yeah. Then you know that something's up.
3: <laughs> mhm. Exactly. Well, so we have just like a few minutes left. I have like fifteen more minutes, and okay. I, this has been a great testimony. And you're again one of these really credible, intelligent, and upstanding people. And um, I already had a couple checks going. When can I get her audio? She want they want to present it with your. You know, hope you don't mind. They want to present it to a lawyer and a doctor and some people they know. Um, um, just you know, because you're that you're a credible person and you're a great person to to be kind of a spokesperson on our topic, so um, that's good to so Well, I, that would I be
0: helpful. Point. If there's anyone um, listening that also lives in the state of New Jersey, I would love to hear from them. I I have um, been in contact with two other females, um, in New Jersey, but I'm sure there are more. Um, I, I hope to not live here. <laughs> I, I hate living here. I hate New Jersey. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it out loud. I hate New Jersey.
4: <laughs>
0: um, I hate living here. And I didn't always feel this way. I, when I fir- first moved here, it was a wonderful, wonderful place to live. Absolutely loved it. I mean, up the block, we we actually had a duck crossing across the street and um it's basically um like everybody has stated like after september 11 a lot of things happened um i had a staffing business at the time and i i was well um i um, i was staffing um uh, wall street and um after 9-11, um, a lot of things changed. A lot of people from New York started you know, moving to this area, and things started changing. That's when I started seeing things change um, around here. So, so if there's anybody out there who um, is an animal rights advocate um, who wants to get involved... Um, that would be wonderful Um, I would like and I've considered hiring an attorney Um, I don't have the money (laughs) anymore um, and I don't know that it's going to go anywhere you know given what I've heard from a lot of other people there you know who've tried and then you know get stopped midway I don't want to start something and then have to get stopped midway because somebody's not acting and doing what they're supposed to do. But, um, you know, if anybody wants to contact me, you they have, um, you know, the Facebook page. Um, they can contact me through you, you know. Um, hmm. That would be so great. So if you
3: guys want to contact her, um, just send me an email to TIAngel2016 at Gmail and I'll forward it to you. Do you have a, a, a random email you might want to use?
0: Well, I do have um, the email you that might
3: get
0: 30 I've been al- emailed. Yes. And then when the
3: YouTube goes up, you might get a lot more. So you might want to make sure it's not an important email.
0: Right. I mean, I that's the email that I, I just created uh, as a targeted person. Um, because I knew that I would start receiving um, additional email, but um, right. yeah, I didn't want to basically give that, you know, over hey, no the phone. Worries.
3: Yeah, so just email me, and I'll forward it to you.
0: Okay, that would be great.
3: Okay, and then I'll take one question um, before we hang up here. Not sure if there's going to be an after call. Kyle is trying to figure that out. I'm going to go to Michigan. It'll be our question for the night. Hi, Michigan.
2: Well. Uh, you guys just answered that I was looking for contact information or the Facebook page, and I don't—I might have come to the call slightly too late to get the Facebook page. It's
0: um, the Facebook page is uh, Facebook.com/backslash/GangStalkingVandalismPatterns.
2: Oh my! Okay.
0: And just <laughs> note when you when you yes, it's just it's it's horrific. When you go in there, I don't know how familiar you are with Facebook, but when you go in there, there's something on the left-hand side called Notes, N-O-T-E-S. And when you click on Notes, you'll see the notes that I've created that are permanent, that are easy to locate. Now, when you go down to the end of Notes, you can there, – there are a lot of notes. So there's
2: um, a very so you small said, print. Let's, let's stop for one second. So I have to go – through a web browser, correct? I can't just go through my phone app. Oh, you can. Okay. So the, in the phone app, where is it, in the, what's it called in the phone app? Um um notes. N O T E S. No, I'm sorry. In the phone app, what's your your page called? Oh, it's it's
0: the same page. It's uh gang stalking vandalism patterns.
2: Okay, hold the whole thing as as separate words? Yes, all one big word. (laughs) That's that's the way Facebook has it. I see. All right, so let's find that and then I'll follow what you said. Yes, so I've created a lot of notes. I've also created a lot of photo albums and with
0: Facebook it usually, when you click on albums, it usually only shows four or five albums at a time and you'll have to click the more to see the rest of the albums. So um, if you see anything that looks vaguely familiar to th- what's being done to you, um, then well, we've your, got your another pattern. Well, your story is exactly
2: what's been done to me. I just don't have pets. I have a child, so everything you said was done to me, almost. Uh, yeah, I and, and, and
0: more. I mean, I, I, I can't even begin to to tell you how many things were stolen from me. I mean, the
2: fact that I list things on eBay and then they they just come into my house and steal them. Right. They take any, anything that you have that's precious. They took this. Listen to what they did with my child's baby pictures. They took the frame, the glass, the pictures, and they left the back of the frame cover.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: The cardboard piece that you put in. I, I cried and cried. But listen, I, I, I did gang-stalking vandalism patterns. That's what you said, right? Yes. So can't find any pages to show for gang-stalking vandalism patterns.
0: Oh, wait, um that's the way Facebook has it, but it type in organized gang stalking.
2: Okay. See the one.
0: UR yeah, the URL I think is different from what the page is uh type in organized gang stalking vandalism patterns.
2: Okay, then vandalism patterns. Okay.
0: Let me go see if I can go online and see. Yeah.
2: Okay. Is this it? Organized gang stalking and targeted individual vandalism patterns.
0: Yes, that's it.
2: Okay. See, but the
0: URL that Facebook gives me
2: differs from the actual title of the page. Right. So if people are looking it up either on the web version using their search um, line or so in, in. Facebook on the web using the search line. Or i will tell you
3: um, what it is exactly. It's um, www.facebook.com Facebook. Com forward slash. Is that a peer? Gee, I can't I actually can't even read it. Forward slash gang stalking vandalism patterns. Oh, PG. Forward just so slash. you know, they t- they just targeted my television.
0: They just no, scrambled the signal. Yeah.
3: Yep. Scammers will do that. Um, so it's www.facebook.com forward slash p, and giraffe forward slash gang vandalism patterns forward slash posts forward slash. There you go. Actually, you don't even need all the other stuff. You can just do facebook.com forward slash gang stalking vandalism patterns forward slash. You don't need all that. So hopefully that helps, guys. Okay, well, I guess it's time for me to end the call. I have to get my kids to bed. Um, so everybody, uh, well, Lorraine, I just want to say thank you so much. I'm so glad you were able to come on. And, oh, you're um, welcome. Yeah, very organized. We appreciate it. We have a lot of animal lovers, and a lot of people appreciate that in the chat. You know, we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of great comments. So, anyways, thank you, everyone. I'll be back here on Thursday. I actually might have Kyle cover part of the night because I'm trying to get the recording done for the Polish TV event coming on on February 8th. So I'm going to be working on that and recording it. So so Kyle might be here on on Thursday when you first get here. And, you know, um, thanks for understanding. You know, my guest, uh, he really had a scare. He's really suffering greatly with his injuries, and he just needs a little bit more time to heal and, you know, get off his medications and think clearly, and he'll be on. Uh, as soon as he starts to feel a little bit better, so I'm gonna go ahead and end the call. Oh, wait, if you yes. want another call, Kyle will be opening up his room. It's one four two three nine four again, it's one four two three nine four and he has a very nice late night call. He's a sweet person, and I think you guys appreciate him. otherwise, I'll see you guys here on Thursday on that note. I'm gonna say good night. Thank you bye, everybody. Thank good you. Night. bye.
1: 18 plus.